Trust your Bibles are prepared. We are in the book of Joshua, chapter 1. Joshua, chapter 1. And I'll be reading from verse 1 down to verse number 9. Joshua, chapter 1, and verse number 1. The Bible says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou, and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the confidence, the courage, and the faith that we can have when we place our trust in you and in you alone. Lord, I pray that you would use your word today to speak to each and every heart. We are indeed living in difficult, chaotic, troublesome times, but you are still God. You are still on the throne and you desire to let your will be fulfilled in our lives as you show yourself mighty and strong so that all the earth might know that you are indeed the one true living God. Pray that you would give me the words you love me to say, cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, fill me with your precious Holy Spirit, that I may preach what thus saith the Lord. Save some lost souls, stir the heart of every believer, and we'll thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. I believe that it is appropriate to liken life to a journey. A journey in many aspects and many respects that I believe with just a little bit of thought we can understand the relevance of this analogy. It's a journey where there is an unknown path. We don't know every step we will take. We don't know every turn and every twist, every cross-section on this journey of life. So in many ways, it is an unknown path. It's also a unique path. All of us on this journey of life will take 
different paths. None of our paths are identical. We may have similarities. We may have similar agendas, but our path in life is unique. But along this pathway of life, make no mistake about it, there will be challenges. Challenges. Ups and downs. Different experiences along the way. Successes and failures along this path of life. But there also is, in this journey of life, an intended destination. And this intended destination, my friend, ought to be the destination of success. Success. It is your destiny. Your destiny ought not to be one that is steeped in failure. God of the universe who created you and who created me created you to have a destiny of success. Let the church say amen. Amen. It's an intended destination. Just as you were to make a, a physical journey when you leave point A to go to point B, point B is your intended destination. I trust that in this journey of life that your intended destination is one of success. In the book of Joshua, chapter number one in our text, Joshua and the children of Israel were traveling by way of a physical journey. They had began this journey in the land of Egypt. And they had wandered, wandered rather, for 40 years, and they were on the cusp of the destination, the promised land. And Joshua was at a point where he had just transitioned into leadership, taking over from Moses. And this book of Joshua is very fascinating to me and very instructive because of all of the books, historical books in the Old Testament, it is a book that is characterized by remarkable success. It's a book that is filled with victories. And I don't know about you, but I like to win. By the way, you ought to like to win as well, amen? You are not to be content with losing. And we cannot afford to be content with losing, but even more so, losing on this journey of life. We ought to want to be successful. There are many lessons that can be learned from this book of Joshua as it relates to why did they have such a high rate of success? And by the way, I say a high rate of success because there were some defeats. There were some down times. There were some mistakes. But overwhelmingly, the book of Joshua is characterized by victory. Now, I believe that it's safe to say this morning that everybody wants to be successful. We want the product of victory. But I would venture to say that we don't always want the process. And my friend, there is a process if you want the product. And this morning, I want to take a look at this book of Joshua. 
Not every verse. We're not going to be here for a long time. But we want to be able to survey this book and to identify some key principles, some key lessons that Joshua and the children of Israel implemented. They applied to their lives that promised them and guaranteed them victory. And I want to tell you this morning that if we apply the lessons that they apply to our lives, mark it down, you will have success. And so I want to preach a message this morning that I've entitled, Facing and Handling Life's Challenges Victoriously. Facing and Handling Life's Challenges Victoriously. Remember I just said, you will have challenges. Don't be shocked. By the way, whether you plan to do right or you plan to do wrong, challenges will be there. But the question is, are you going to handle them and face them victoriously? So notice the first lesson I want you to jot down. First thing that they did. And it's found in chapter 1. You and I, we must remember and learn from past examples and mistakes. Remember and learn from past examples and mistakes. Now, look with me at verse number 13. Joshua is speaking to them as the new leader. Understanding the the backdrop that as a people, they had wandered for 40 years. Listen, a journey that should have taken days. Look at what Moses, Joshua rather says in verse number 13. Remember. Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you saying, The Lord your God hath given you rest and hath given you this land. Your wives, your little ones, your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on the side this side Jordan. But he shall pass before your brethren armed and all the mighty men of valor and help them. But for the sake of time, we're not going to read all these verses, but understand that, that the children of Israel as a people, they had seen the mistakes of their parents. They had seen the mistakes of those who had gone on before them. They saw what happened to Moses. Moses, the great leader himself, because of not giving God the glory when he was supposed to speak to the rock, lost his opportunity to enter the promised land. Children of Israel, in large part, because of their complaining, because of their rebellion against God, when the spies had gone into the promised land, and ten came back with an evil report, said, we cannot do this. And Joshua and Caleb stood up and said, listen, with God, this is possible. And God had had enough. And God said, because of your complaining, because of your lack of faith, none of you will enter this promised land. They saw the mistakes of their predecessors. 
And my friends, when they got to the cusp of the promised land, they made a wise decision based on, get this, both the positive and the negative examples. Now here's something I want to say this morning. As it relates to this matter of making decisions, don't think that somehow you're going to do the same thing that somebody else did and come up with a different result. But here's something that ought to be an encouragement. That just because someone who preceded you, whether it's a parent, whether it's a loved one, just because they made a particular decision does not mean you have to do the same thing. You have the power of choice within you to determine I am going to do what is right. Listen, they had all their predecessors understand that almost probably a million people left Egypt and only two entered the promised land. And based on the analysis of all those who went before, the children of Israel made a decision, we're going to do what the two did. You have the ability and the privilege to make up your mind for yourself. Bad decisions are not hereditary. Bad decisions are not hereditary. But neither are good decisions. Just because your parents made good decisions does not mean you're going to make good decisions. But we have to be willing to learn from the mistakes of others. Listen, if you only learn from your own mistakes, guarantee, mark it down, you will have a lot of regrets. And here's one of the critical reasons why we must be willing to learn from experiences. Experiences of others and the experiences of ourselves and especially others. Because if you were to assess your own life when you made a bad decision, here's what I recognize. Let me speak for myself. Even when I was making a bad decision, hindsight, at the time I was making the decision, I thought I was right. You hear me? We always think we are right. That is why we make the decision in a particular way. Because preface this with the understanding, we want success. Amen? We want victory. We want a good destiny. We want to arrive at a good destination. So when we're making decisions, we want success. And we believe we're doing the right thing. But my friend, we must take some time to look at the experiences of others and make a decision on their experience and also, my friend, the word of God. You know that the Bible was written for our learning. These examples of the Israelites, these examples throughout the Bible, they are there for us to learn from their experience. Bad experiences come not only with the knowledge of the bad experience, 
But bad experiences come with a lot of damage. These damages can cost you time, money, effort. They can slow you down and will slow you down on your path to success. My friend, young person, maybe single person, if you want to have a good marriage and you're thinking about that in your future, listen, go and observe people who in their estimation have a good marriage. Find out what they did. Not just after they got married, but find out what they did before they got married. If you're dating, get some advice on who you're dating. Listen, I'm telling you, we always think we know. And I'm speaking of myself. Am I not right? We always think, no, I I got this. I got this. Until you realize, hey, no, I don't got this. Pardon my God. Listen, listen to those who've experienced. But not only those who've experienced, but also, here's an important thing. Listen to those who also got back on the right path. You know, because some people had some bad experiences and they're still on the wrong path. Listen, find some people who got back on the right path. Counsel is so very important. You want to start a business? Talk to someone who has a business. We don't know it all. Proverbs speaks to this in multiple passages. Proverbs 11 and verse 14 says, We are no counselors, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs 15 and 22, Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Proverbs 24, 6, For by wise counsel thou shalt make war, and in the multitude of counselors there is safety. Proverbs is saying time and time again by the writing of Solomon. Listen, he's saying, listen, get some counsel, get some counsel, get some good counsel. Remember and learn from past examples and mistakes. But notice secondly, very importantly, Restore and renew a right relationship with God. Look at Joshua chapter 5. I want you to notice. Listen, there are a lot of things that were done in preparation for success in the book of Joshua. This success wasn't just an accident. It wasn't happenstance. Look at chapter 5. And we don't have time to look at all these verses. But Joshua said, listen, we got to consecrate ourselves. We got to renew our right relationship with God. In verse number 2, the Bible says, At that time the Lord said unto Joshua, Make thee sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. Joshua made him sharp knives and circumcised the children of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. And this is why the cause why Joshua is circumcised. All the people that came out of Egypt that were males, even all the men of war, died in the wilderness, by the way, after they came out of Egypt. Look down at verse number 6. 
for the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people that were men of war which came out of Egypt were consumed because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord unto whom the Lord swore that he would not shew them the land which the Lord swore unto their fathers that he would give us a land flowing with milk and honey. Joshua says, listen, we got to ensure that we are right with God. We have to ensure that we renew our covenant with God. My friend, if we want to have success, we must ensure that we dedicate our lives to God. Consecrate. Renew. Joshua was basically saying as a people, listen, I don't want anything to hinder my relationship with God. I can't afford there to be any issues between God and us. Anything that exists, God, remove it. Here's the great thing about God. That God is a forgiving God. He just simply requires sincerity and brokenness. True brokenness about sin. That's why James chapter 4 and verse 8 says, Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. David in Psalm 51 and verse 17 says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, thou wilt not despise isn't that a blessing that no matter what I've done if I come to God in sincerity and in humility God will never turn me away you ever have a conflict or an issue with someone and you want to go and tell them sorry and you want to go and make up with them but you're afraid because you feel that they're going to reject you you feel like I'm going to give you a negative response? My friend, you don't have to have such fear when it comes to God. In anticipation of success, Joshua and the children of Israel ensured that their relationship with God was renewed. It was restored. They rededicated themselves to God. But notice a third lesson in chapter 7. And this is so very important. Refuse to assume success based on past victories. Refuse to assume success based on past victories. Now in chapter 7, we are on the other side of the famous victory of the defeat of Jericho. Imagine... God giving them instruction to simply walk around Jericho once every day for six days and then seven times on the seventh day. Now you tell me about an amazing, unusual battle plan. I mean, you're going to go and you're going to conquer this city and all you're going to do is walk around it. God is able. And they obey God to the letter. Do exactly what God says. God says, walk around Jericho. Not a word. Nobody say anything. Just walk. And when I give you the, vict- the, 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 the notification, you shout. They shout exactly when God said to shout. And when they obey God to the letter, Jericho's walls come tumbling down. 
They experience a victory of victories. To God be the glory. Rejoicing. We're amazing. We are awesome. We get to chapter number 7. And the Bible says, Achan committed a trespass. Unbeknownst to the majority of the people of Israel. And Joshua sends up some people to Ai. So we just whipped Jericho. Let's take on these little boys, Ai. They, they, they can't be compared to Jericho, but we, we, we got them. And the Bible says in verse number three, they returned to Joshua and said unto him, let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai and make not all the people to labor thither, for they are but few. Man, they, they, they are food for us, as we would say. Man, they, they are nothing. Man, we could handle these here with just a little bit. After all, we just whip Jericho. We are good at this thing. They began patting themselves on the shoulder. But my friend, here's the lesson. Always remember that whatever victory you had, God is the source of your success. It all comes from him. We can do absolutely nothing without him. When they began relying on their own strength, when we begin listening to the accolades and the compliments, then, then we stop being diligent in seeking God and relying on him. And my friend, that is a recipe for failure. They came back from AI defeated. Because they assume success based on their past victories. But notice, fourthly, if we're going to have success in our lives, individually and collectively, we have to resolve to go on in spite of failure. Let me say that again. We must resolve to go on in spite of failure. In chapter number 8, we have uh, the point at which they had addressed the issue regarding Achan. And Achan caused a curse to come upon children of Israel, a scourge. And Joshua and the children of Israel dealt with it seriously. But notice how verse number 1 begins of chapter number 8. The Lord said unto Joshua, fear not. Neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee and arise, go up to Ai. See, I have given into thy hand the king of Ai and his people and his city and his land. My friend, they could have gotten uh, demotivated. They could have gotten discouraged. They could have decided, listen, uh, man, we messed up. Man, Ai whipped us. This whole thing is over. Listen, but they addressed the problem and they determined we got to go on. My friend, after you fail, after we fail, we must endeavor to get up again. You can't afford to stay down. 
Listen, if you stay down, get this, you will never overcome the challenges. You got to get up and go again. You got to tackle that same challenge that they failed at of AI. They went back to AI. God says, last time you took some of the people, this time I want you to take all of the people. But notice that in doing so, they had to address their sin. They addressed the sin. And they went back to AI. Not overconfident, but relying on God. They had a proper approach. They had a proper strategy. And there's a saying that I'm sure you're familiar with, and it is so true, that quitters never win. And winners never quit. Notice they didn't say that winners never fail. Because winners fail time and time again. But winners never quit. Michael Jordan, considered by most to be the greatest basketball player of all time, said this, I missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed. We can't be afraid to fail. But we must be afraid of quitting. These children of Israel had just suffered an unexpected, disheartening defeat. Went up expecting to wipe out AI. Some 36 of them died in the process. They could have been dejected, discouraged, fed up. Willing to throw in the towel. But they got up and kept on going. And that is why Joshua is a book of victory. But notice number five. If you and I are going to succeed, if we're going to handle life's challenges victoriously, here's what we have to do. Rely on God for direction. In chapter nine, we have a Interesting story. And this is where when a preacher is preaching, you hope that people know their Bible well because it actually does shorten your message. But in chapter 9, we have the story of the men of Gibeon. And these inhabitants of Gibeon, the Bible says in verse number 3 of chapter 9, they had heard what Joshua had done unto Jericho and to Ai. Word traveled. They didn't have social media. They didn't have all the fanciful communication devices that we have. But word got around that, listen, these children of Israel, man, they are doing some stuff with the hand of Almighty God. 
They decided they didn't want to be victims like Joshua and Ai. So they planned this trick to disguise themselves to pretend as if they were travelers from a faraway country and made a league with Joshua and the children of Israel. Notice what the Bible says. And they went in verse number 6 to Joshua and to the camp of Gilgal and said unto him and to the men of Israel, We be come from a far country, now therefore make ye a league with us. And the men of Israel said unto the Hivites, Peradventure ye dwell among us, and how shall we make a league with you? And they say unto Joshua, We are thy servants. And Joshua said unto them, Who are ye? From whence ye come ye? And they said unto him, From a very far country, thy servants are come, because of the name of the Lord thy God, for we have heard the fame of him and all that he did in Egypt. They concocted this story. But I want you to notice with me, verse number 14. The Bible says, And the men took of their victuals, this is speaking of Joshua and the children of Israel, and ask not counsel at the mouth of the Lord. They were about to make a decision. They did not decide to check in at what God's mind was on this. Maybe God has an answer, but they hastily proceeded to make a decision without seeking God. After making the decision, they realized that they had been hoodwinked. They realized that they had been fooled. And my friend, the lesson for all of us here today is that when it comes to making decisions, seek God's face. Be willing to have God close some doors that you want open. Be willing to have God open some doors that you want closed. Ask him to give you peace about your plans. Listen, God knows the beginning. He knows the ending. And he knows everything in between along this journey that you are taking. It only makes sense to ask him. Check in with him. Pray to him about what job you want to take. Pray to him about what school you want to go to. Pray to him about who you plan to marry. Pray to him about what car you plan to drive and buy. Pray to him about what house you want to buy, where you live. Listen, pray about everything. Why not ask someone who knows the way? I mean, can you imagine asking somebody directions and you know that the person don't know the way? Listen, I can give you stories upon stories, personal, in my life, where I was headlong in a particular direction. And I'm not talking about something that was sinful. I'm talking about just making a decision. The times where I was on teams and I wanted to change my team on my job. I wanted to move to a different department. I wanted to move to a different company. Listen, and in my mind, that's what I wanted to do because that's how I felt. But let me tell you something. My safety net, I said to God in praying, God, this is what I want to do. But somehow, if this is not the right way, listen, block it. Stop it. Put a stone in my way. Put a stumbling block. I want to go and I'm going to go. But listen, you, I, I want what you want. And if you want, you don't want me to go. Block it. 
And every single time God blocked it, when I look back, thank God the block was there. When my wife and I were dating, I learned after we got married, she was praying the same thing. God, if he's not the one, block it. Yeah. I, had a, I didn't pray that prayer. I had already prayed. God had already given me confirmation a long time, so I wasn't praying about the block part. <laughs> I already got confirmation, but she wasn't at that point yet. And praise God, it was not blocked. Listen, my, my, my message this morning is let God direct your path. Listen, we want what we want, but we are to want what God wants. And don't let the devil trick you. Don't let people fool you that what God wants for you, listen, is not castor oil. Listen, it's not the muck and the mire. It's not all the smelly stuff. Listen, it's some good stuff. But you got to be patient for it. You got to wait for it. You got to trust God's heart that God wants the best for your life. Talk to somebody who knows the way, who knows where you're going. We don't have this thing all figured out. Rely on God for direction. But notice, number six, we're almost done. Require complete obedience of yourself. Look at chapter 11 and verse number 15. This is why Joshua and the children of Israel had such amazing success. The Bible says in verse number 15, As the Lord commanded Moses his servant, so did Moses command Joshua. And so did Joshua. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord commanded Moses. Joshua did not practice selective obedience. Joshua says, God, whatever you say to me, I am going to do it. My friend, this is where we hinder our success in life. A lack of faith in God to do what he says. We want to do our own thing. Be willing to put God on the throne of your life. You know what that means? He calls the shots. He says what you do. Make him king. Make him lord. And here's what I love about making God king. When you make God king, he's responsible for the consequences. He's responsible for taking care of you. He is responsible for protecting you. He is responsible for providing for you. But here's what happens when you don't make God king. You figure it out. Why? Because you're in charge. Whoever is in charge has to figure out the stuff. Listen, that's one of the things that people don't understand about leadership. People sometimes think leadership is all about the glamour. It's all about the nameplate on the office door. And those things might seem like some nice perks. And who gets a fancy car to drive and a, and a, and a company phone and all that. But here's what happens when you're in charge. 
you go home with the stress. When you are up at night trying to figure out the employees gone home to sleep. Because they are not in charge. Company going bankrupt, they're sleeping. You're in charge, you better figure it out. Yeah, in the home too. The mortgage is due tomorrow. No money in the bank. Family members sleeping. You are trying to figure it out. They wake up in the morning. How was your night's rest? It was wonderful. And you didn't get one wink of sleep. And they're doing well. Why? You're in charge. My friend, let God be Lord of your life. Let him be king. So when the stress comes, when the trials come, when the tribulation comes, you go to sleep and the king figures it out. By the way, let me correct myself. God doesn't figure anything out. He already has it figured out. God knows what to do. God is not stressed by your situation. But guess what? You will be when you try to figure it out by yourself. So let God call the shots. Require complete obedience of yourself. But notice finally, reach for greater spiritual victories. Notice with me in chapter 17 in closing. Again, a story here of conquest. This promised land had to be divided among the tribes. This was their inheritance. This was their destiny. And the tribes of Manasseh and Ephraim were not happy with their allotment. They were not happy with what had been given to them. And I want you to notice what the Bible says in verse number 12. Chapter 17, yes. Verse number 12. The Bible says, Yet the children of Manasseh could not drive out the inhabitants of those cities, but the Canaanites would dwell in the land. And yet it came to pass when the children of Israel were waxing strong that they put the Canaanites to tribute, but did not utterly drive them out. And the children of Israel spake unto Joshua, saying, Why hast thou given me but one lot and one portion to inherit, seeing I am a great people, for as much as the Lord hath blessed me hitherto? And Joshua answered them, If thou be a great people, then get thee up to the wood country and cut down for thyself there in the land of the Perizzites and of the giants, if the Mount Ephraim be too narrow for thee. God says you want greater victories, attempt greater things. Don't get stuck in the same place doing the same thing. 
And see, oftentimes we have the imagination, we have the idea, but we let a lack of faith hinder us from attempting bigger things for God. Why not try to start that new endeavor that has never been done before? Why not join that ministry? Why not attempt to learn that new skill? Why not expand that idea beyond these shores? Why not you to make a greater impact for God? God wants us to enlarge our coast and reach a lost and dying world, but we must think beyond our own limited capacity. They had only one hill and they were not satisfied with one lot. But notice Joshua says, you're not satisfied with a hill. There's a whole mountain. Go up and cut down the wood. But let me just give you a word of caution. They had a hill. Joshua pointed them to the mountain. You know what it means? You got to work. You got to put in some effort. And that mountain is going to have some challenges. After all, it's a mountain, not a hill. But the victories will be worth it all. You know, when you climb a mountain, what's so amazing about getting to the top is the view. It's the vantage point. It's taking in all that and realizing that you've accomplished something. God wants us to accomplish great things. And he has much in store. But it's not going to happen by accident. And if we are willing to put into practice what God has said, I promise you, God will do great things. This book of Joshua is a book of success. And I do want to leave you with one final verse at the end of this book as Joshua challenged the people at the end of his life. And this has to be the foundation for everything else that we talked about here today. In Joshua chapter 24 and verse number 14 and 15, the Bible says, and this is Joshua's challenge. After all the successes and victories, now therefore, fear the Lord. Serve him in what? Sincerity and truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But notice Joshua made it very clear. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You got to make up your mind. Joshua says, listen, assess the situation. If it's better for you to do the evil, listen, do that. I'm encouraging you to do right. But let me tell you something. Whatever you do, as for me 
and my house over which I got some say so, we will serve the Lord. 